Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This morning, we're going to talk a little about Lyme disease. I've been reading quite a bit about it. My question has been like, how common is Lyme disease? According to health authorities, it is the most commonly reported vector-borne disease in Canada. But as for numbers, it's a little harder to pin down. It's difficult to diagnose. It is tough to treat. So much so that some people are traveling to other countries like Mexico to get treatment for this. Now, why is that? And is that a good idea? So joining us now to work through some of this is Lenora Saxinger, who's a professor of infectious diseases at the University of Alberta. Lenora, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. How common is Lyme disease? It depends very, very much where you are. Like when you look within North America, the rates of reported Lyme disease per 100,000 people varies from, you know, like 0.0 something up to the hundreds. And so it's very, very intensely associated with where you are and what you're doing. And so the classically, the very pla- the places with highest rates, especially in Canada, are places in the East Coast. And very, very often with that kind of like, no one's going to argue whether this is Lyme disease, Lyme disease. There's a well-defined exposure, like someone had a tick attached to them. They found it, they pulled it off. And, you know, the rest of it is relatively straightforward. I think we run into more problems in areas where Lyme disease is much, 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 much exponentially less common, but people have symptoms that sound very much like what a lot of Lyme disease um, practitioners who may or may not be like alternative medicine versus, um, I guess I'll say conventional or Western medicine based, um, say Lyme disease might be. And so, so there is a lot of confusion from that point forward, but at the end of the day, the risk is highly tied to where you are. Although I never say never because you never know how strange the world can be, but right. it's a huge, huge, huge factor, right? I can see that too. So are the symptoms generally the same? Like I'm wondering why it, it is difficult to diagnose for some people. Well, I think the difficulty is really that, um, I mean, the early stages, there are some very specific things that are relatively straightforward that I think, you know, our medical system um, will pick up because they're quite dramatic. So, <clears throat> you know, the rash, the erythema, uh, a large patch of a rash at the site of the sick bite, tick bite. Sometimes you don't notice that one, but you might get multiple of them like within a short time period related to that immune reaction to the tick bite um, where, where the where the tick would have been attached because most of the disease is transmitted after it's been there a while. And then people can get kind of like virally symptoms, but then more specifically, they can have later effects on the heart um, or on nerves or on the brain, which all sound quite terrifying, but are actually all quite treatable with antibiotics. And so that's kind of like the easy level of Lyme. There certainly are also people who will go on to have, um, who've had a tick bite and had all this stuff or might not have had some of those complications, but then go on to have a, a more kind of persistent illness that overlaps with a lot of what we experience in the world today. Um, and for people who've had known Lyme disease, and they go on to have this kind of post-infectious syndrome, which in my mind, I almost kind of wonder if there's some immune signals there that are going to turn out to be similar to other diseases. Those people actually, 
it's been found that long-term antibiotics don't necessarily help them, which is an interesting thing because we have a group of people who've had Lyme disease. We know they had Lyme disease. They right. have the common blood test is positive, and a very prolonged course of antibiotics doesn't necessarily make them any better. Then we have a group of people who didn't really have necessarily a known tick bite, weren't in a very high-risk area, but have a lot of multi-system symptoms. And if you go to any website, because there's a whole kind of parallel reality out there, you can look at your symptoms and it'll pretty much tell you that you very well could have Lyme disease. And then then a whole different path starts, right? Yeah, I could see how that would be very frustrating for doctors, but for the people too, because they just want to find out what's wrong with them. Well, absolutely. And I mean, it's... And it can be very hard for people, especially when they have some, some, you know, something that's clearly altering their health and their function, um, and it doesn't feel like it's being taken seriously, and there's no one test that's going to give an answer. Frankly, people prefer in this uncertain world a test that will give them an answer, and unfortunately, there are some for-profit tests that will give almost everyone who orders them an answer, and they'll say that they are likely to have Lyme disease plus or minus some other infections, and it it also can look very, very scientific, but be misleading based on what right. we understand about the test. But yet, you know, we know that people will go elsewhere for treatment. They'll do that. And what I've been reading about people going down to Mexico for treatment of Lyme disease, clinics that specialize in this. What are the dangers? Like, what would you like people to keep in mind if they consider something like that? Well, I mean, I, I do think it's important to keep an open mind to what the diagnosis of your problems is, because if you go down the wrong path, not only are you spending money on something that's not going to help you, which is never good for anybody, honestly. Like you see GoFundMe's for this all the time. Um, but you miss the opportunity to diagnose whatever is really long. And sometimes that can be frustrating because a lot of things are not super clear cut. And in the meantime, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm hoping that we're getting better at addressing people's symptoms. So at least they feel something's being done. But, but cl- classically, people are feeling desperate. And so this makes them feel very defensive to say that we don't think that this is the right thing to do. Um, but the, te- the treatments themselves also um, can be difficult because they put in a, a peripherally inserted central line or a central line, which is a line that we usually use for people for chemotherapies or long-term treatments, um, which is not a totally benign thing. There can be side effects from that. And then, you know, very complex and very, very long series of intravenous treatments, often involving IV antibiotics, often well in excess that I, as an infectious diseases physician, would give to anyone for pretty much anything. Um, and so that also will affect your body, obviously, being on antibiotics that long. And so it, it really does become a cycle, I think, that is very um, consuming for people in pretty much every way. I guess it also just tells us how much more we still need to learn about this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the reason that people kind of take different paths is because they're meeting some resistance, right? And so um, yeah, they, just I, want, I they want answers. Yeah, there, there's 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 lots to be done on helping determine the cause of of these. I, I think I think of them as very modern ailments. These these syndromes that leave people basically close to disabled, but with very little that we can do a single test for. And so I think that that is actually now starting to happen with with you know post Lyme disease. I mean post uh, post COVID, and probably also that might have some benefits for post anything and possibly for post Lyme um, because I think that there's a lot of overlap there and hopefully we'll be able to find some better treatments. But in the meantime, I'm hoping people will think twice about getting months and months and months of antibiotics. Yeah, I hope so too. That's interesting that you say that though, that post COVID that there could be some progress on this. Is that because we're, we dig down a little deeper though, when it comes to trying to figure out what people's symptoms are? 
Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of um, a lot of. Well, of course, COVID was a big deal, and a lot of um, research groups have really taken on looking at things in much more detail than before in things that happen to you after you've had an infection and whether you know your body's response to that might, in some way, be the cause for some of the symptoms and what can be done about it. So I think that that research, whether it turns out to be very highly related, you know, on the body basis um, or on the science basis or not, is going to be beneficial for anyone who's having a um, a long-term syndrome with multiple symptoms that no one can figure out, if that makes sense. It does. Thank you so much for explaining it to us this morning. My pleasure. That's really interesting. Lenora Saxinger is a professor of infectious diseases at the University of Alberta. We're talking about Lyme disease. It does feel like we hear more about that these days. And uh, there is a concern that some people who they feel that they weren't perhaps accurately diagnosed, they go elsewhere, perhaps out of the country for treatment. There's clinics in, in places like Mexico that specialize in this. But the concern, as Lenora pointed out, is the type of treatment you're getting, antibiotics for long periods of time, it's still very challenging to kind of nail this disease down. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.